The first thing I wanted to understand about the Holy Spirit is that there are two specific things about the Holy Spirit, and one is the indwelling of the Spirit. And I want to show you in Romans 8, verse 11. Romans 8, verse 11, and it says, And if the Spirit of God, of him who raised Jesus from the dead, is doing what? Living where? In you. Amen? It's living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. So that is the indwelling of the spirit. That means that the Holy Spirit came the moment you accept Jesus to live in you. And he's there to stay. Oh, I didn't got a big amen because, you know, sometimes we as Christians think that every time I mess up, the Holy Spirit leaves. Who told you that lie? The Holy Spirit will never abandon you. Isn't that the promise? He will never leave you or forsake you. He's with you. He's in you. And he will be in you forever. How many of you have Jesus Christ in your heart? If you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you have the Holy Spirit permanently living in you. And that's the indwelling of the Spirit. You cannot lose that. If you are born again, you don't have to be born again again. <laughs> Amen? You know, I grew up thinking that I could lose my salvation. And I know many of you probably grew up thinking like that too. Until I realized God said to me, your daughter can ever, even if she does the worst thing in life, she can, can she ever stop being your daughter? And I say, no. And he said, why? I'm like, because she was born of me. And he says, were you born of me? Were you born of me? And I'm like, yeah. So you can never stop being my daughter. Woo! No matter how messed up you can be, if you have Jesus in your heart, you will never lose that. Amen? Amen? So that's the indwelling of the Spirit. The second thing we need to learn about the Spirit is that the Holy, the God says that we need to be filled with the Spirit. So in Ephesians 5.18 says, we don't like this part, right? I, I don't mind because I don't drink. But don't be drunk with wine. No amen, see? Let me say it again. Don't be drunk with wine. Well, that is at least good news. I'm not saying that for you not to drink wine. Just say don't get drunk. Oh, Pastor, did you say that in church? Uh, yeah, I did. It says don't be drunk with wine, but do what? I, and I like this one. He says, because that will ruin your life, being drunk. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love this. You know, he's actually saying that being filled with the Holy Spirit is better than being drunk. So don't get drunk. Get the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now what that means. If I already have the Holy Spirit, how can I be filled with the Spirit? Understand? If I already have the Holy Spirit living in me and he will never leave, why does the Bible say that we need to be filled with the Spirit? You know what that means? It means that you need a greater influence to go 
more and more in your life. It's talking about the influence of the spirit in your life because you know sometimes you can live without the influence because the influence is there but you're not following. Hello. Isn't that true? So we need the continued operation of the Holy Spirit in me or else I'll be saying forever, did I do that? So I need the Holy Spirit working in me constantly, constantly to keep working. But he only works through his influence. Hello. He works through this influence that he has in us. He won't force you. He will influence you. And he wants to control that atmosphere that you live in. And like the Bible says, it's better to be filled with the Holy Spirit than to get drunk with wine. Amen? He's saying the spiritual things is more important. But then he says two things in the Bible that we can do, and that's what we concentrate today. That's why I said that I do that. Because there are two things that you can do to the Holy Spirit. The first thing is called quench. And it's found in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. And it says this, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Very simple, right? There are another translation that says, do not restrain the Holy Spirit. Another translation says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. And another one, and I love this because this is actually a Portuguese translation, and it says, don't mess up the work of the Spirit. I love this one. Don't mess up. That's what it means to quench the Holy Spirit, because the word quench actually means to put out the fire, to resist, to extinguish. And, and we think, I was thinking, what the heck that means? To quench the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not resist him. Do not stop his influence of flowing in your life. Because you can actually do that. You can mess up the work that he's continuing. How many know that the Holy Spirit is continually working in you and thank God for that? He says that the work that he started in you, he will be faithful to complete it. So aren't you glad for his promise that he will forever work in you until the day of Christ, until the day that Jesus comes back to us. He will continually work in us. And his influence needs to be greater and greater and greater. And that's why he's trying to work in us. So when we quench the Holy Spirit, what it means is we stop his influence. Right? Or we quiet down. I'm not going to say stop because he will continue to try to influence you. Yeah. Amen? But I'm going to say you, you will quiet the influence. How many times you, you want to do something that is something in you that keeps saying no? Anybody? And you think it's your five senses or whatever, seven senses. I don't know how many senses we have, but I only have one, the Holy Spirit. 
<laughs> At least that's the one I need. <laughs> Amen. He is that. That is telling you, no, 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 that's not good for you. That's not good for you. That's not going to be a, a good influence in you. So that influence that he is giving you, it's there. But what do we do sometimes? We quench it. We resist it. We quiet down. We say, you hey, know, Holy Spirit, it's, it's good, but uh, I think this is better. We are so arrogant. I think it's the better word. <laughs> that we think that our plans are better than God's plan. So we get upset when he spoiled our plans. You know, I'm a person that loves to plan. I love to plan my week. And I hate when people mess with my plans. I get so upset and nervous. Anybody? You know? And so we, we do that. Did I do that? Yeah, all the time with God, with the Holy Spirit. All the time we get so upset because he's messing up with my plan. I didn't plan my week to go this way. And I realized that because of the sovereignty of God, everything that happens in my life happens with a purpose. And when I learn to trust my God, hello, when I learn to trust his influence, I'm just going to trust him through whatever I go through. It doesn't mean I'm not going to pray and I'm going to trust him in some things, but it means that if, if I prayed, if I asked and the things still happen, there's nothing in my power to change that. So what I'm going to do, be upset because I didn't stop that. I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit influence in my life. I learned one thing. I can never go through anything that God won't give me the grace to go through it. That's why he says that even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will feel no evil because he's with me. No matter what I go through, he's with me. He's in me. He's continually working in me. So I can trust him. Amen? So the first thing we can do to the Holy Spirit is to quench. The second thing that the Bible says that we can do to the Holy Spirit is what? You know? To grieve him. Now, grieve means to sadden someone, to make somebody sad. And to say that, it means it actually showing me, and, and let me just read, it's from Ephesians 4, 3, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. He actually says that. And he actually showing us that the Holy Spirit is not a thing flowing around. Even though we call him Holy Ghost, he's not a ghost. He is a person. The Bible says he's the third person of the Trinity. Amen? So he's a person. It means that we can touch him with the things that we do. So it's saying here that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. So we need to understand that. The Holy Spirit is a person that lives in me. He's the person of God representing Jesus in my life that lives in me. And there are some things that I do that can actually get him sad. Now, let me explain this about both quenching and saddening or grieving. Is that both has the same effect. We cannot anger God. Why is that? 
because his anger was exhausted in Jesus. When Jesus went to the cross, the Bible says that God's anger, remember the cop? Remember the prayer of Jesus? How many remember? Pass this cop. You know, I ever, I ever thought, what, what was that? He's actually saying, don't get drunk. No, he was saying that represented something in the Old Testament. And the Bible says in the Old Testament that the cup represented the wrath of God or God's anger. And you know what Jesus was saying? If I can go through all this but never experience your wrath, oh, God, that would be great. But not my will be done. So when Jesus went to the cross and surrendered his life to, to God, and the Bible says that because of our sins that he took upon himself, the wrath of God was wrath, uh, exhausted upon Jesus. It means he drank all the cup. Every single blood of Jesus, come on, took away the wrath of God. Every thing that he suffered on that cross took away the wrath. So God cannot be angry and punish you, but he can be grieved. And in, in, when that grieving happens, you know what happens? His influence gets lower. Understand that? So that's why sometimes you don't hear the voice of God so clearly anymore. He's still speaking. He will never stop speaking. He will never stop loving you. But because you grieved him, because you quenched him, what happened was his influence became um, less diminished. Thank you. It became diminished. And now we can't feel the love of God as strong anymore. It's still there, still strong as ever. But because we diminish that influence, understand that? Because we diminish the influence, now we are suffering <laughs> because we think he doesn't love me anymore. And that's why the Bible says perfect love, and we sang today, cast out all fear. Because when we understand the kind of influence that his love has in our lives, Fear doesn't have a place. Condemnation doesn't have a place. Guilt doesn't have a place. Shame doesn't have a place. Because I'm standing in his love. Because I understand and now he's influenced. Have you noticed that when you come to church on Sunday, his influence gets bigger, gets louder, right? So when you're here, you're celebrating, you're ready for battle, you, right, you're believing and trusting for things, and then you go back home. And you start Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and then reports start coming in, bad reports, and come on. And these circumstances that you did not expect. It. And how many know that your life can change in a second? Everything. With one phone call. Right? With one distraction. 
with one mistake. Everything can change. Circumstances can happen. But one thing that will never change is that he loves you, he lives in you, he's with you, and he's working in you. That will never change. But because we allowed uh, his influence to become diminished, now we have a problem believing all this stuff. Trusting that he's with me, that he's my provider. No matter what I go through, he is my provider. How many could come here and testify that you don't know how you got through here? Financially speaking. You don't know how you're standing here. You don't know how you still have a house. <laughs> right? Come on. If you're going to put everything on paper, you're like, how? But in every single way, he is a provider. If he, this provision doesn't work, he will bring another. From another source that you even th thought about it. That's how he works. That's how he works. But we need that influence to be louder in our lives so we can trust that, so we can rest, so that peace won't be stolen from us, so we won't lose our peace, so we won't have to get to a place where we have to cry out, did I do that? So we can have to a place that we can lay down in our beds and rest. Because I'm trusting in this God that loves me, that is with me, that is working in me, that will never leave me. Amen? So how can we quench or grieve the Holy Spirit? There are two main things. The first one is your pride. <laughs> Galatians 5.26 says, And let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. You know what pride means? Anybody? No? That you think, first of all, that you're better than everybody else. The other thing is, because you probably say, I don't have pride, because I, I don't think that. <laughs> you want to see how you have pride? Another thing is that <laughs> you rely on yourself more than you rely on God. or any other source that is not God. That's pride. And it, the Bible says that we quench or grieve the Holy Spirit when we look for other sources other than Jesus. Come on. To provide for us, to save us, hello, to love us, to give us an identity. What are you looking for in your life to give you an identity, to tell you who you are? Because if you look into anything else than Jesus, then pride sneaked in. And it's working constantly in your life. Did you know that pride is a form of self-worship? Oh, Pastor, I don't, I don't worship myself. Really? Are you sure? Are you more important than anything? Do you go crazy when things are not working under your control? Hello. That means we are worshiping ourselves. 
We're thinking that we're better. That we're thinking that we can do this stuff. You know, that thing that, and I love this. This is a saying in the world, and they, they borrow from the Spanish people. Si se puede. Right? Yes, I can. Si se puede. And then when people are going through something and they are doubting their strength or their ability, right? People come to you and say, si se puede. You should look at them and say, no, no. No, no puede. <laughs> you should look at them and say, hey, I cannot do this. Oh, but you can. You can do all things, right? The thing is, we get half of the verse. I can do all things. No, I can't. Hello? I cannot do all things by myself, on my strength, relying on my resources. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He's the one. He is the source of my power. He is the source of what I need. Come on. And when we look for us as a source, we're going to have a problem. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to quench the influence of the spirit and we're going to grieve him. Amen. The second thing <laughs> that can quench. Let, let me just uh, read this from C.S. Lewis. You ever heard of C.S. Lewis? Yeah, he's the one who wrote Narnia. And he, if you don't know, he's a Christian. He was a Christian, a theologian. And look, look what he wrote. He says, the devil laughs. He is perfectly content to see you becoming chaste and brave and self-controlled, provided all the time he's setting you up to the dictatorship of pride. For pride is a spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love, contentment, or even common sense. Wow. Pride is a cancer that will eat up everything in you instead of doing all the things that you think that you're doing. And he's very strong in that. Amen? The second thing <laughs> that... You, we can do that can quench and grieve the Holy Spirit is the wrong use of our tongue. Oh boy. Now we really can say that I do that. Because we say the wrong thing all the time. Or sometimes we say the right thing at the wrong time. <laughs> right? And, it's <laughs> and that's why we depend on the influence of the Holy Spirit, man, because he's going to say, be quiet. Don't say a thing. When you die, you just say something. Right? Or then when you're so afraid of saying something, and he's like, come on and say it. Come on, you have to say it. And that's when we depend on the influence of the Spirit because he's constantly working in us through those things. And then, let, me, let me read for you Ephesians 4, 29. And it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, not yours, that it may benefit those who listen. Ooh, 
It's a good thing to check when I'm going to say something. Before you say something, you think, is this going to benefit them? Not me. Is this going to benefit them? Is this going to help them? Because if not, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to say anything. Before I say something, I have to go back and try to correct all that. Hello? One of the ways that pride manifests itself is through our tongues. You know when you're talking to somebody with pride. Because you see what's coming out of their mouth. Hello. And listen to this. The wrong use of our tongues destroyed the unity of the body of Christ. And this grieves the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because unity only comes through the spirit. Have you ever tried to be united with someone through your flesh? I like that laugh. Exactly like that we have to react. Because <laughs> when we try on our own, it may work for some times, but eventually it's going to die out or it's going to become a confrontation very soon. How many found out when you get very close to a person, that you have differences. Anybody? And sometimes you have irreconcilable differences. That's what they say when they want divorce. But you know why? It's true. Because on our own, we can't. We can work some things out, but it gets so hard. That's why I tell everybody who's going to get married, Make sure it's God, and make sure you're listening to the Holy Spirit, and then you're going to allow the influence of the Holy Spirit to be in that marriage, because you're going to need it. And hey, I'm going to celebrate 34, 34, 33, 33, now I'm confused, <laughs> 33, <laughs> I'm going to celebrate 33 years old. Right? Anniversary in November. So I can talk to you about this, and we're still together by a miracle. <laughs> because we have differences. And sometimes it seems like irreconcilable differences. Hello? Why? It feels like. Ooh. And we, 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 we feel like this. I need to change him. God, you need to change him. That's our prayer all the time. My prayer all the time was, God, you need to change my husband. You need to walk in him. Right? And he was praying, God, you need to change her. That's why it works, because God ended up answering for both. <laughs> but, but hey, I don't have the power to change myself, how in the world can I change him? Hello. And that's the first step to stop quenching and <laughs> grieving the Holy Spirit's humility. First thing I have to recognize is that I don't have the power on my own. And that's humility. We think being humble is like, oh, I'm going to, I know, so poor. And I don't have the money to do this. And, and that's not being humble. Come on. 
I can be rich and still be, you know, not being humble. And I can be very poor and still not being humble. Hello. And I can be very rich and be humble. And be very poor and still not be humble. Hello. Because humility means that I recognize my weaknesses. You know, we don't like when Paul said this. I don't know if I have this. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 11.30. Look what it says. If I must boast, you know what boast means? That I'm going to be proud of it. That I'm going to declare it. If I might boast, I will boast of the things that show my weaknesses. Do you do that? I don't do that. Oh, I want to boast of my success. I want to boast of my strength, right? Of the things that I'm good at. I'm going to tell everybody I'm good at this. But Paul is telling me that I have to tell everybody about what I'm not good at? That I have to be boasting of my weakness? You know why he says that? Because he had a very strong, excuse me, a very strong revelation. I forgot to drink my water. A very strong revelation Paul had. How many remember one of the greatest revelations that Paul had? His grace is sufficient for me. Remember that? How did he have that revelation? How many remember? When he was going through Something that was bothering, you know, Paul is like, how many remember Pastor Carla? The temperament? Yeah, Paul, the Apostle Paul was probably like that. Very strong personality. So now he has something that is really bothering him. And he says to God, he complained already three times with God. He asked God, take this away. We don't know if it was a person bothering him all the time or if it was a sickness, if it was a demon. He just say a thorn on my flesh. How many of you have thorns on your flesh? Oh, come on, guys. We have a thorn on our flesh. I don't know if it's a weakness you're going through, a financial problem, a person next to you. That's why you probably didn't raise your hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all have a thorn in our flesh, something that is bothering us, and we wish God take it out, take it away, right? Free me from that. And we'd be praying and asking God, and Paul was doing that. And that's when God said to him, what? My grace is sufficient for you. For what? For my power. <laughs> He's basically saying, my power will only manifest in you when you admit your weakness. When, and he said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. What does mean I'm going to be weak? No. It's realize I'm weak in a sense that I can do nothing without Jesus. Jesus said, very clear, without me, 
you can do nothing. He was very clear on that. Without him. So humility is coming to God and say, I, Holy Spirit, I need you today. And you know what Paul realized also? His grace is sufficient. But he only gives you the grace for today. Did you know that? He says, tomorrow, when he comes and becomes today, I'll give you what you need. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Today, I have the grace. So that's why he says, do not be worried about tomorrow. Because tomorrow will bring whatever he has to bring. But when he brings whatever he has to bring, I will have the grace for you. And the Holy Spirit will be there to guide you through whatever you go through. That's why he says you don't have to fear because I am with you. So the first thing you need for you not to quench the Holy Spirit, to grieve your Holy Spirit in the, in the daily life is humility. Be humble. Recognize your weakness. Recognize that God is all you need. He's strong. He's strong enough. Let me put it this way. He's strong enough to fight for you. He's strong enough to provide for you. He's strong enough to love you. And you can trust him with everything you have. Amen? And the the last thing is you need faith and repentance. Let me read to you Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And it says this, for by the grace, say with me, by the grace. By the grace, we just talked about it, right? Look, it says, by the grace given to me. So you have a grace given to you. Amen? He says, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. So how do we live this life of humility and repentance? Is by faith. It's by believing and trusting in the one who lives in me, that he will help me to do what I need to do today. He's with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. So a life of faith and repentance will say, Nobody needs the gospel more than me. Every morning when you wake up, you got to say, I need to preach the gospel for myself today. I need the gospel more. You know, sometimes you think, I need to preach for someone. Ah, someone, I need to preach for someone, right? We're always thinking of someone that we need to preach, and that's great. But it's not going to work if you're only going to preach to somebody and never preach to yourself. You need the gospel more than anybody else. I need the gospel every day. I can't make it. I can't make it without it. And and you you know what the gospel is? The gospel is reminding me that Jesus is everything I need. That Jesus did everything that needed to be done. That I can trust in his promise. That's preaching the gospel to yourself. 
It's reminding you of his promises, of what he already did. You know, sometimes we are so focused on what we think that he still has to do it that we forget what he already done. And did you know that what he already done is more powerful than anything that he's going to do in your life now? Because what he already done comes in you and changes your life completely. He already saved you. Hello? He already paid for your healing. He already bought your salvation. He already bought your deliverance. Hello? He already bought your freedom. Amen? And that's what it means to preach the gospel. Why you get so excited in church? Because the gospel is being preached to you. So now from Monday to Saturday, you have to preach that gospel again and again. If you don't know how to do it, just get a podcast, get Pastor Aldo, get me, <laughs> and listen to it again and again. Now this week I was listening to the last two weeks of Pastor Aldo's preaching about the Holy Spirit. And he has completely blessed my life. Even though I heard on Sundays, I go home and I look for it and I start listening again and again because I need the gospel. I need every day or else I'm going to quench the Holy Spirit. I'm going to allow that influence to become diminished and I'm going to struggle. So if you have been struggling, if you haven't come into a place in your life that you keep saying, did I do that? It's because you, you allow that influence to become diminished in your life. And now you need the power of the Spirit again. And you don't know sometimes even to, how to go back there. You need the gospel. You need to come back to Him. The Holy Spirit is in you. And if you have Jesus this morning, He is right now working in you through these words. He's working in you to mature you, to grow you into the image of Christ to become more and more the perfection that he is and we only can find that through the power of the Holy Spirit so I don't know about you but I want to stop quenching and grieving the Holy Spirit I want to live a life where his influence is so big and so powerful in my life that I can lay down at night and really rest knowing that whatever came my way today, I already dealt with, and tomorrow is in his hands, and I'm going to trust him for tomorrow because he is a faithful God. So I wanted to invite you to stand to your feet.